Good evening. I love this group of people. We weren't supposed to sing songs in the middle, but if y'all will join with me, my grandma Dot used to sing this song. There's a little wheel moving in my heart. There's a little wheel moving in my heart. A moving in my heart. Oh, surely, my Jesus, it is you. Song helps me a little bit. (laughs) So I'm supposed to speak about the last 25 years since our anniversary service. I was 14 at the 100th anniversary service. And now I'm 40. (laughs) I got sanctified when I was 11 years old at this campground. So the past 25 years have been a big deal to me. (laughs) It's been the decisive years of my life where I made decisions that have shaped me. And these events have shaped me. And when we think about those that have gone on, and at the 100th anniversary, there was a lot of talk about those that have gone on, and I, I, don't, I didn't know them. I love them, and I appreciate what they've done, but I didn't know them. And um, uh, there's always a lot of wondering of, what are we going to do when they pass on? What are we going to do? But in the past 25 years, I have seen... My giants, we call them giants, don't we? We call, I have seen my giants pick up the mantle and say, where's the God of Elijah? Strike the waters and go on over the Jordan. (laughs) And God has made a way. So these past 25 years have been a, a very big deal. The things that have gone on and the people that have been willing to, to work for the Lord. And Brother Bernard touched on a few of them. Um, the first one was there is a new con- there was a new congregation in Homa, Louisiana. Wow, a new congregation! That was so exciting when I heard that news. People were willing to build a new congregation. People I didn't know were seeking and serving the Lord. People I hadn't seen on the campground. I didn't remember, but they were wanting to seek the Lord. Um, We have had a lot of new buildings, including this building. This was a new building. Um, A new Bible school chapel was built to support our young people, which is a ministry I feel like we should be putting our very best efforts into, supporting our children and our young people. Um, There's a new building in the Chesapeake Church. As Brother Bernard mentioned, the Between Church has a new building they're worshiping in, the Columbia Church. Um, There's a nursing home addition that is another ministry, a big ministry of Christ Sanctified Holy Church. And if I have forgotten something in this list, I have had other people look over it. Please just love me anyways. I would never have intended to leave any work out for the Lord. Um, In the past... Just a little over the past 25 years, the Shinkatig Church 
was reopened for Sunday school services with Brother Dewey. And um, it still is. They're still having Sunday school services. Um, I know Sister Dawn was thankful for that when she got sanctified. And my parents have become a big part of that. And I'm thankful for that. Um, The Old Trap Church was reopened for Sunday school services. When Brother Wayne Overton decided, we're just going to open up the building. There wasn't many there, but they have a nice group now. And people that are committed every week to travel and go to those services. We weren't supposed to mention a lot of names of people. If you notice, we're leaving out names because it's not who it is. It's the willingness in their heart to make a sacrifice to further the gospel. That's what matters. And there was, um, as he mentioned, the Jemison Church was reopened and the Leesburg Church. I remember going to after camp meeting, I had a little baby, and after we went there for Saturday night service, and then uh, we packed the car and we went on home after that. <laughs> we were so excited about that, that new congregate, that revived congregation. Yes. And so I spoke to some of those driving forces in the Jemison and the Leesburg crowd. I spoke to their, their sons, because the work you do... It doesn't influence anyone as much as it influences your children. And so I spoke to, um, in the, about the Jemison crowd, and I was told that um, the church was empty for a long time. And there's two little sisters that were there, and they took care of that building. And it sat there, and someone, one on the board of extension said, what are we going to do with this little church? They're not holding services. Is there any interest? Let's try one more meeting. Let's try one more meeting and see what happens. Wow, something happened. God moved on that scene. There was interest. There was people that wanted to serve the Lord. The fields were white to harvest, and there were some laborers that were willing. And their son told me that they always were looking for a work. Before the opportunity was there, they were looking for a work. They wanted to do something. They wanted to preach to people. They wanted to encourage others to find the Lord. And the energy and the excitement was there. God moved. It took nine months or so of traveling every weekend. A long ways, their son told me. He got in the car and was taken there weekend after weekend after weekend to hold service. People were getting sanctified and wanting to serve the Lord. Um, From the Leesburg crowd, I I spoke to their family, and he said very similar. He said he thought there was a willingness before there was the opportunity. And when the opportunity was told, if you'll come, there'll be a congregation to preach to, they said, okay. <laughs> and you know, it wasn't always the easiest decision. And I've heard someone speak. We were in a Sunday school class, and they just made the comment that, well, when God tells you to do something, the doors just open up, and it's easy, and you know that God's done it. 
And I don't think that's true. <laughs> Not that I want to disagree. I mean, it's all right. That's what Sunday school's for, right? We can have discussions. But I don't think it's that way. I think sometimes God tells you to do something. He told Paul in a vision to go preach in Macedonia. And I can tell you it wasn't easy. <laughs> he was thrown into prison. He was stoned almost till death. And I'm sure the other one said, wait, I thought God told you we were supposed to go to Macedonia. <laughs> What's going on? But he had a vision and he had a determination. And um, we have to have that determination. Yes. Amen. And we have to be willing. Other So... To me, that was, as a child, as a young person, that was such a huge thing. I couldn't imagine doing that. And I think if you talk to those people, they wouldn't say, it's because of this great talent I have, or that this, I could do this, or I could do this. They just wanted to preach the gospel. They just wanted to be available. And as they said, that's equal opportunity. Just be steadfast. Just be faithful in what God has called you to do. So in saying that, it's just to encourage you, whoever you are, you want to work for the Lord, you can work for the Lord. You can do something big. Not because you decide, I want to do something big, but because you want to work for the Lord and he's a big, big God. And his work's going to be done. And I know they told him on the Palm Sunday, they said, you need to tell these to be quiet. And Jesus said, well, if I tell them to be quiet, the rocks are going to cry out. So let's cry out. Let's be busy. Other mission, other uh, ministries we have are online meetings and ministries. It's one of the ways we can, we kind of can reach outside of our walls we have our campground, Channel 10, and our archive services online. Our Charleston crowd has been very groundbreaking yeah. in broadcasting True. their services and recording old services. True. The Leesburg crowd, I think, has had, they have a lot of views. They have a lot of people tuning in to see that crowd. And the Raleigh crowd has live services and the Chesapeake crowd. The Between has a podcast ministry that you can tune in and listen to their services. And that reaches um, outside of our, what it reaches our folks that can't, aren't able to be there. It's a ministry to them. That's something we, that is new to us. Um, we have seen in the past 25 years, a lot of changes in the professions of our people where we used to do mostly construction type of work and things like that into just about any profession you can think of. And the good in that is it lets us reach people from all walks of life. We all need the gospel. And so I, th I think that's a plus. And I thought about the mission trips of our young people, that people have taken on the job to do that. And I thought how it opens our eyes um, it teaches our young people a compassion and a drive for people that need, man, the basics of life, <laughs> but they need Jesus. And I think to see from the world we're in, to see that situation and see the need for Jesus. And when they have Jesus, they have joy, they have happiness, 
They have peace in what we would consider the worst of circumstances. So I think that's a plus. We can see a need beyond ourselves and be ministers of God, be the hands and feet of God. I thought to let us never, I hope we would never discourage people's enthusiasm to work for the Lord. Maybe something that we tried before and it wasn't real successful, that doesn't mean that it's not going to work another time. I would never want to discourage that. I want to learn from each other and build up each other. And one of the gifts is helps, right? And you think, just to be a help. But if you've ever been willing to take on a task and it's a little burdensome and someone comes up to you and said, you know, anything you need, you let me know. It's a big deal (laughs) to have a help then, isn't it? A really big deal. Um, So they told, so I thought at our um, 100th anniversary and when it was actually the 125th anniversary, Brother Sam Jernigan spoke just real quickly in Wilmington. And he said, wow, we have been so blessed. We are so blessed in our current situation. And he said, for this, he talked about the scripture in Hebrews, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's where it's in. It's in the diligence of seeking him that we've been blessed. That's what our people were. They were diligently seeking God, willing to go, willing to move, and and we were blessed. And we were blessed because of that diligence. We are blessed because of that diligence. And when I thought about that, I thought about the scripture, for unto whom much is given of him shall much be required. That's in Luke, the 12th chapter. And I think we're falling under that category. (laughs) Much has been given, therefore much is required. That's the story of the faithful and the unfaithful steward. That it says, blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. So we can't rest on what's been done for us. I don't think the Lord would be pleased. We talked about our roots and those, the history and those things are our roots. But from your roots, you got to grow upward. (laughs) You can't just rest on your roots. And so I feel like we can put a lot of effort into our local fellowships. Um, In 1 Timothy, Sister Amy shared this scripture with me months ago too, but if I tarry long, 1 Timothy 3.15, but if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Our local churches, they're our pillars. They're what support us. They're what we owe our allegiance to those things. We want to be faithful. And then they told me to talk about the future. And I thought, well, I don't know the future. (laughs) I don't know how to talk about the future, but I know who holds the future, right? So we can go forward. And in the 1980 sermon of Brother Harry that y'all know, he asked, what are we going to do with it? In this generation, what are we going to do? Um, yeah, are you going to hold it up? <laughs> Let's hold it up. Um, y'all remember that sermon too, Brother Don Roebuck, about 
go to occupy the land. Y'all remember that? He had good experience to speak on that with authority. And he said, a child of promise must hold and act on the promises in the word of God. So you put all your faith and all your security in the promises of God and not in the security of the things of this world. Amen. So do we have faith when it starts to cost us personally, when there's a personal cost? Do we still stand on the promises of God? When we say we are a second blessing holiness church, we better live free from sin. If I say I'm going to trust him every step of the way and he'll never leave me or forsake me. Well, when I get lonely and discouraged, I better remember that and say, I know he's with me. It's his promises. Encourage myself. And the scripture that kept thinking, I kept thinking of is they that are in the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. They do. But they that are in the spirit mind the things of the spirit. And we like to talk about the spirit, don't we? And we like to talk about the spirit leading our services and the spirit leading our life and ruling our life. We need to be minding the things of the spirit more than we're minding to the things of the flesh. It doesn't say we're not supposed to lay up treasures. That's not what it says at all. It says, but lay up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through or steal for where your treasure is, there where your heart be also. If we have all our treasures, all our security, all our confidence in heaven, then we won't mind the things of the flesh so much. Put so much confidence in the things of the flesh. Amen. So this world is different today. I feel like it is. I know Solomon said there's no new thing under the sun. And I, be- I believe that. But I feel like today it's different in that the world seems to really celebrate sin. And things that just used to be across the nation morally wrong are now really celebrated, promoted. That's the world. Um, forced upon our children where we would like to keep them in these little bubbles, (laughs) but that's not what they're facing. So I thought, you know, why do we love camp meetings so much? It's because it's the exclusion of the world. And I feel like by excluding all the things of the world, not looking at the news feeds, not looking at, you know, our checkbooks, all those things. Holiness, just, it just shines a light on holiness. Amen. That's why we love camp meeting. Oh, it just stirs up our hearts. And when you talked about today on the bells of the horses, you know, holiness, holiness unto the Lord. Amen. It looks so attractive to us. We want to be We worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. We want to be more like Jesus. We want to be, no, to put away the things of the world, lay aside every sin. 
and the weight and the sin that just every every, every weight and the sin that does both easily beset us and run with patience the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith it's so beautiful and I think this world needs some camp meeting the world needs some camp meeting we're going to have to be their camp meeting we need to I feel like the more the world goes this way, the more attractive holiness is going to look. And if we start to go this way, we're not going to have any influence. But I feel like more that we can hold to the word of God, more that we can cling to holiness and what this church was founded on, changing lives, making people different. Looking different than the world. Having different interests than the world. Having different entertainment than the world. Uncle Harry said it takes holiness. It takes a lot of meetings for holiness people. It does. Because we love holiness. And that's what our entertainment is. And it makes you feel good when you're going to meetings several times a week. And it makes you feel good when you're seeing your brother and sister and supporting them. And it makes you feel good when you're preaching the gospel. And it's ringing in the ears of your children in the benches. And that's our entertainment. And that's our focus. And that's our love. And when we're putting it out, that there's freedom. Complete freedom from sin. I believe, like, I believe that those things are what's going to draw people in. Because the worst that the world gets, when it was so bad that the yeah. Lord was ready to do away with it, but Noah found grace Noah in the eyes of the Lord. That ark looked really good, didn't it? <laughs> they made a lot of fun of that ark, but it was the saving of Noah and his household and all the rest of us too, really, wasn't it? Right. So the farther the world gets from holiness, the more holiness will be attractive. So in the future, evangelism is going to be about the same thing it was back then. It's going to be about loving people and showing them kindness and showing them that we're different than what the world holds up. It's over here and we're way over there. And we're peculiar and we're different. I feel like it's going to look good to the world. So let your light so shine before men that they will see our good works. And it will glorify our Father which is in heaven. And I had some scripture over here. We've been given that like precious faith. Oh, it's so precious. And by grace we are saved through faith. But what does it say in James What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? And then it goes on and says, even faith, if it hath not works, is dead. Faith is dead. What? Faith is dead being alone. Yea, a man say, thou hast faith and I have works. Shew me thy faith without thy works. I will shew thee thy faith by my works. Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. Yeah, we're Christians. We believe in Jesus. Well, the devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? 
And at the end of the book of the chapter, friends, the body without the spirit is dead. There's no doubt about that. When you see a body and the spirit is gone, you know it is dead. So faith without works is dead. So we know we're not saved by works, but our faith needs to have the works. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works to glorify our Father which is in heaven. So as we go forward, let's be busy. Let's be willing to do the work of the Lord. Do the work of an evangelist. Be brave. Be bold. Be loving. We have a church that loves us. This church will love you unlike any other group of people. They will love you. There may be people that don't feel that, and I don't understand that because I have felt the love of you people. It's all I know. All I know. It's all my children know. And I can tell you that you are loved. So go forward. Let's work together. The more we cling and get closer and closer to Jesus, the closer we'll be to each other. What's drawing all of us together. And that's what's going to draw people in. That's what's going to hold up this same old gospel. That when they determined that he was living in a justified state, there's a world out there. They need justification. And they need sanctification. And it's going to be love. And it's going to be doing some works. Maybe a little bit of self-denial for the furtherance of the gospel. And let's be willing, let's be obedient, and we can eat the good of the land. I love each one of you. I love camp meeting. Let's take camp meeting to everyone we come in contact with. And when you pray, remember me and my family.